worship you tonight, Lord Jesus. Just with every hand lifted to heaven, can we just pray right now? Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence in this place, God. We thank you that you're moving already. We thank you that sick bodies are being healed in your presence tonight. We thank you, Jesus, that everywhere that you went, people were healed and saved and set free and delivered. And Jesus, we thank you that you are here by your presence tonight, Lord. Come and meet with your people tonight, Lord Jesus. We just surrender to you, God. We say, come and have your way in this place tonight. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, Amen, Amen. Uh, yeah, let's give one more shout of praise to the Lord tonight. You guys can go ahead and take a seat. Uh, it is such an honour to be here tonight at Inspire Church. Uh, I wanted to take a moment just to honour your senior pastors, Pastor Don and Julia. And uh, I haven't met these guys in person. This is the first time I've ever met them in person. Uh, but I had the pleasure and privilege this week of meeting with a whole bunch of evangelists across the Pacific region from all over uh, different, different nations in that region. And uh, all of these people, there was lots of people on, on the Zoom meeting and all of these people were just talking about how much of a legend Pastor Don is. And uh, yeah, and just uh, so thankful for his ministry and, and obviously him and Pastor Julie and their family together as well. And so I wanted to honour you guys. Thank you so much for having me preach tonight, but also for your ministry to the nations and for being such inspiring evangelists to young evangelists having a go like me. And uh, so thank you guys so much. And Jesse, it's Jesse on the front row. Yeah, good to see you, Jesse, my friend, my, yeah, my Instagram friend. I'm meeting him in person tonight. I'm sorry I was a bit late. I came directly from Tauranga, so I was preaching in Tauranga. I'm probably saying that, butchering that right now. Is that how you say it? Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. The Aussie accent, you're like, oh, it's, it's making me feel uncomfortable right now. But uh, yeah, so I was in Tauranga this morning preaching at Freedom Centre. And so they all sent their love as well. And I'm from Numa Church in Australia, in Melbourne. And yes, do you know Numa Church, obviously? <laughs> Roma Waterman, she's my friend. That's amazing. We're just having our own private chat here. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, but it is such an honour to be with you tonight, church. Don't let my Aussie accent fool you. Uh, I did actually grow up in New Zealand. I, I'm a Kiwi at heart, so go all blacks and all that. Um, but uh, yeah, grew up in New Zealand and now I'm permanently based in Australia, global evangelist out of Numa Church. And uh, about 27 years ago, uh, my family got saved at a church in Palmerston, North New Zealand. Anybody from Palmy in here? No, that's all right. Um, yeah, so I was from Palmerston North. I came from a Muslim family. So my dad is Persian, mum's Irish. And so um, my mum had converted to Islam to marry my dad. And we were in New Zealand. We'd moved for my dad's job and we were living in Palmerston North. Uh, we had my auntie from Iran come to live with us in Palmerston North. And we didn't know at the time, but she was actually schizophrenic. 
And so my mum and dad had three kids under the age of five. So you can imagine that's chaotic enough, but you throw someone with, you know, schizophrenia in the mix there. It was just really chaotic, really um, troubling time for my family. And so as we were living there in Palmerston North, um, my auntie just got worse and worse and worse. She was living in the house with us and uh, she actually threatened to kill my dad on a number of occasions, would pull a knife out regularly on him. And so my mom ended up just having a a bit of a nervous breakdown and she said to my dad, I can't handle this anymore. Uh, I can't do this anymore. I need to take the kids and we're going to get out of here. And so my dad was like, no, please don't go. Like, what can I do? He couldn't kick us out on the streets, couldn't kick uh, his sister out on the streets, uh, didn't really know what to do. And so mum ended up packing our bags and we ended up uh, going to live in a women's and children's shelter in Palmerston North. And we didn't know at the time, but there was a church just like this, full of people just like you, uh, that started to pray for my family at that time. And uh, there was a life group full of parents from uh, my school um, that started to pray for my family and I. And they started to pray and believe that God could do something in our family, that God could show up in a miraculous way. And how many believe in the power of prayer tonight. Yeah, amen. Prayer is powerful. And so we had this this life group praying for us. And we also had a lady who lived just down the road from where we were staying. And she reached out to my mom and she shared the gospel with my mom. And she said, hey, I know your life's a mess right now, uh, but I'd love to pray for you. I believe that if you would give your life to Jesus, he has a plan and a purpose for your life and he can make something beautiful out of this mess. And so my mom, just with tears streaming down her face, ended up giving her life to Jesus in that moment. And uh, yeah, praise God for that. And she uh, ended up getting baptized in this lady in her husband's bathtub. I love the the Kiwi ingenuity, you know, whatever it takes. We'll baptize you in a bathtub, doesn't matter, you know. And so baptized her in their bathtub and then started taking her along to church in Palmerston North. And my we moved back in with my dad. Yeah, an absolute miracle in our family. And so my dad ended up, ended up coming to church with us as well. And so he started to sit in the back row. He's like, you know, I'm a Muslim, but what harm can it do sitting in a church like this? And he's like, I know about Moses. I know about Abraham. Uh, Jesus is a prophet. And so same, same, but different, right? Uh, how many know it's not same, same, but different? Jesus is the only way, truth and the life. And uh, there's no way to heaven but through Jesus. And so my dad is sitting in, in a service just like this and he's hearing the preachers preaching and he's hearing people come and get on stage. It was a very revival church and so they would get on stage and testify of miracles that were taking place, of people who had been saved and healed and um, delivered of addictions and different things like this by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, my dad, as he was listening to these testimonies, he's hearing about this Holy Spirit and and for him, he's like, that's that's weird. I've never heard of a Holy Spirit. I've heard of Abraham and Moses and all these other Bible characters, um, but I've never heard of a Holy Spirit. And so he was a professor of robotic engineering and had that science background. And so he decided to do an experiment on the Holy Spirit. And uh, that's a very dangerous thing for a Muslim scientist to do, you know, an experiment on the Holy Spirit. So um, my dad was lying in bed one night and as he's lying in bed, he's just um, saying to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, if you're real, then show me. And how many know that's a dangerous prayer for a Muslim to pray? 
Holy Spirit, if you're, if you're real, then show me. And so he prays that prayer. And all of a sudden, just the wind of God just blew all over his body from the tip of his head to the soles of his feet. And um, my dad, being the scientist that he was, was like, what, what a coincidence, you know, didn't believe it. Uh, he didn't think that, that there was anything to it. And so he got up and checked the windows, checked the curtains. He's like, what's going on here? Uh, th- this can't be real. And nothing was open, so he went back to bed and he's like, that's a bit strange. Then again, the wind of the Holy Spirit blew all over his body. And one more time, more intense than before, uh, it happened a third time. And the Holy Spirit spoke to him and, and said, I want to show you that I'm real. I want to show you that Jesus is real. And so from that moment on, my dad was like, all right, that's it. I'm going to be a Christian. I'm going to get baptized. And so I had the, the great privilege of sitting on the edge of the baptismal pool, watching my dad get baptized when I was about six years old. And so from that day to this day, God has been moving in our family's lives. I have always believed in the power of the Holy Spirit because I've literally seen the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the gospel completely change and transform our lives. And if you're in this room tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you've got saved, but you've never had an encounter with the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that tonight is your night. I believe that God wants to show up in your life tonight and encounter you and propel you into the purpose and destiny that He has for you tonight. And so it's a huge honor to be sharing around the Word. If you haven't guessed it already, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit tonight, the Holy Spirit. And I want to share about the fire of God the power of the Holy Spirit. So if we could turn to Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, uh, I'd love to read from there. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. It says this, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them, and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them the utterance. I love what A.W. Tozer says about the Holy Spirit. He says this, when we have the Holy Spirit, we have all that is needed to be all that God desires us to be. I love what Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, the power of God will take you out of your own plans and put you into the plan of God. How many believe that the power of God is not only for preachers and platforms, but the power of the Holy Spirit is for every believer everywhere. Amen, brother. The power of the Holy Spirit is for every single one of us in this room tonight. The power of the Holy Spirit is for the mums and the dads. The power of the Holy Spirit is for the teachers and the plumbers. The power of the Holy Spirit is there available to every single one of us to carry out the plan and purpose and destiny that God has for each one one of our lives. And so tonight I'm believing that every one of us would have a fresh encounter with the power of the Holy Spirit, a fresh encounter with the fire of God on our lives because we can't do what God has called us to do without the power of the Holy Spirit tonight. Now the Holy Spirit, he takes biblical concepts and he makes them experienced realities in our lives. He takes biblical concepts and makes them experienced realities. It's one thing for us to know the love of God exists and to know that the peace of God exists. 
the Holy Spirit actually takes the love of God and puts the love of God into our hearts so that we feel the love of God and experience the fullest extent of what the love of God is. If you need to experience any part of God tonight, any part that that you read about in the Bible, if you haven't encountered the peace of God, if you haven't encountered the joy of God, maybe if you need more of the love of God in your life tonight, you can encounter His joy and love and peace and hope tonight through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we need the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you remember the first time you ever encountered the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you remember when you encountered the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your life? Uh, I was about six years old. I was living in Palmerston North. um, And because my parents got so radically saved, my mom just absolutely loved Benny Hinn. I don't know if anyone's heard of Benny Hinn, um, but Benny Hinn used to be on TV. He's probably still on TV now, um, early in the morning. And so mom used to record tapes of Benny Hinn and just play them on our old TV 24-7. And so all day, every day, we'd have Benny Hinn singing, he is the alpha and Omega. I can't sing, so I'm not going to try. Uh, but all those old songs and and preaching the gospel and praying for the sick. And we were just totally uh, just enraptured by what God was doing through his ministry. And uh, we had a, a rule in our house. And the rule was, if Benny Hinn was praying on the TV, everything needed to stop. We needed to stop eating, stop playing, stop fighting if we were fighting with each other. And we needed to go and put our hands on the TV screen and we would pray with Benny Hinn. My mum would be kneeling in front of the screen and we would pray whatever he was praying for. We were all in. We were praying and believing with Benny Hinn. And so one day, uh, I was just passing the TV. Uh, the rest of the family were off doing something and and I, I just passed the TV and he was talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and he was talking about speaking in tongues. And so as I'm just passing the TV as this six-year-old kid, I'm like, oh, what's speaking in tongues? Like I just hadn't heard about it before. I didn't know what they were talking about. So I was sort of intrigued. And as they kept talking about speaking in tongues, I was like, wow, this is cool. Sounds good. And at the end of of the message, Benny Hinn said, okay, if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you want to speak in tongues today, then reach out your hands to the screen and we're going to pray for you. And so I was like, okay, that's the rule. We need to stop everything, reach out our hands to the screen, right? So I'm there, nobody else is around me. I put out my hands to the screen and pray with Benny Hinn to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues. And for the first time in my life as a six-year-old kid, I just started to speak out in tongues with my hands on the TV screen with Benny Hinn in Palmerston, North New Zealand. So how many know God can get you any way He wants to? The Holy Spirit can come and fill you tonight. He can use Benny Hinn. He can use a donkey. I believe He can use myself, Pastor Don, our team tonight. If you have never encountered the power of the Holy Spirit, we would love to pray with you, pray for you, and pray that that baptism would come upon you tonight and that you would speak in tongues. I know many Christians who, and maybe they've encountered the Holy Spirit before, but they've never spoken in tongues before. This is an incredible prayer and praise language that God gives us to build us up on the inside, to give us confidence and and strength in our inner man. And so if you're in that category tonight, there is no shame, there is no condemnation. We would love to pray with you and believe that God can do the same in your life tonight. 
But how many know that an encounter with the Holy Spirit is not a one-time only thing? It would be very sad if the only encounter I ever had with the Holy Spirit was with the TV screen, Benny Hinn, this is your day program, right? The Holy Spirit wants to continually encounter us. Every time we gather together, every time we come into his presence, he wants to fill us afresh with the fire of God, with the power and the presence of God in our lives. I remember there was another time later on in my uh, high school years when I encountered the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit in such a strong way that just propelled me into uh, evangelism and sharing the gospel with my friends. And uh, I was at a conference, a youth conference, and I really encountered God at this youth conference. They came and they prayed for us and I fell on the floor and I was just encountering the presence of God. And when I got back up, I was like, I have to tell my friends about Jesus, right? I have to tell, the world has to know, right? I don't care if anyone persecutes me. It's all about Jesus, right? And amen. And and so I started preaching the gospel uh, wherever I went and telling my friends about Jesus. I decided I was going to start a Christian group at my high school. Oh, yeah, it was a non-Christian high school, so completely uh, public school in Australia, that's what we call it, but, you know, not Christian at all. And uh, we had about 1,500 students, not 15 students, 1,500 students in the whole school. And so I decided I'm going to start my Christian group. And it was sort of the early 2000s. And so in the early 2000s, a lot of the youth ministries, I don't know if it was the same in New Zealand, some of you guys might remember, um, but in Australia, a lot of the youth ministries were called something like Boom, like Boom, Kaboom, Planet Boom, you know, all these Boom sort of youth ministries. And so uh, I decided I needed a cool name like that, like something like Boom, uh, like get people fired up, right? And so, but I couldn't call it boom. So I was like, let's call it detonate, right? Let's call it detonate because the Holy Spirit's going to come blow this place up, right? He's going to come blow up this place. And so we're believing for God to come blow up that place. And uh, that would probably be okay for any sort of white Australian to call your Christian group detonate. But when you are half Iranian and half Irish and you want to start a religious group named detonate, uh, definitely won't go well for you. So just hot tip there if anyone's planning to do that. Uh, so I literally got called into the principal's office uh, for starting this Christian group. And the principal was like, Layla, I'm just wondering uh, what the nature of your group uh, detonate is. Um, and I was like, Holy Spirit's going to come blow this place up. <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, but how many know when you are full of the fire of God, you don't care what anybody thinks of you. You don't care about the opinions of men. You don't care about the perceptions of people around you. You are fixed on one thing and one thing only, and that is glorifying Jesus Christ, lifting Him up, lifting His name, making His name greater. It doesn't matter if we look like fools. It doesn't matter what the world may do to us. We know that the hope we have is in Jesus Christ, and He is worthy of it all. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Amen. And so I I just got zealous for the Holy Spirit, got zealous for Jesus. I believe tonight that God wants to give us a fresh fire. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And witnesses carry evidence. I believe that God has called not only preachers and pastors to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He has called every single believer to be filled 
filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to move in words of knowledge and words of wisdom and prophetic words for people on the street so that they would know that there is a God in heaven who knows them and sees them and loves them. God wants us to be moving in healing and praying for people and seeing the sick healed and seeing people saved and delivered and set free. Every single one of us, not just the preachers and evangelists, but every believer, God is propelling us into purpose tonight and he's propelling us into preaching the gospel everywhere that we go. So I want to have a look at three things that happen when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, three things that the Holy Spirit does in our lives. The first thing that he does when he comes upon us is he makes us holy. The Holy Spirit makes us holy as he is holy. I believe that one of the uh, tactics of the enemy in the church today to keep the church from being all that she is called to be and to keep believers bound and stuck and, uh, and to keep them st- uh, from stepping into the plan and the purpose of God for their lives, um, the enemy comes against us to make us full of shame. And I believe that people in this room tonight, you might be carrying shame over things that you've done in the past, over someone that you've been in the past, maybe even things you've done as a Christian, mistakes that you've made, and you're carrying this shame over what you've done and who you've been and the consequences of your actions. I want to tell you tonight that the Bible says that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. He doesn't want us to be carrying around shame anymore. He doesn't want us to be carrying around those thoughts of I'm not good enough and and if only those people knew what I had done, if only they knew the attitude that I had had or the lies that I had spoken. No, the Bible says that it is no longer I who lives but Christ who lives in me and so you're right Righteousness is not of your own righteousness that you should boast. It is actually Christ's righteousness that is in you. You don't need to be carrying around shame. And the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit makes us holy as God is holy. The Holy Spirit is conforming us into the image of Jesus tonight. He's making us holy as God is holy. The second thing that the Holy Spirit does is He takes us deeper. He takes us deeper in the presence of God, deeper in relationship with God. You know, all throughout the Bible, we see a God in the Bible who is not a far off God who is out there judging his people and and distant from his people, but we see a God all the way throughout the Bible who wanted to come near a God who made a way to come near to his people, a God who came and was Emmanuel, who walked with us and talked with us and moved into the neighborhood, the message paraphrase says. In the Old Testament, we see in the tabernacle pictures of what happens in the presence of God. The tabernacle and the temple was a picture of the presence of God on earth. We see in the tabernacle, they had this table of showbread this basic table, basically just a table with loaves of bread on it. And when scholars look at those, that table and, and they try to work out what that was for, they know that it wasn't to feed God because God doesn't need our bread, right? God doesn't need, uh, he owns the cattle of, on a thousand hills. So if he wants steak tonight, he can have a thousand steaks, right? From his thousand cattle on a thousand hills. And so God doesn't need our food. God doesn't need to eat. He doesn't need us to offer him bread to eat. But the reason why they said that the table of showbread was in the tabernacle in the temple was because it signified a God who wanted to come and eat with us. In many cultures and in this Israelite culture, that that, um, action of coming and sitting and eating together signified friendship. 
If we are friends with each other, we will eat with each other. We will sit with each other and talk with each other. And in the same way, God comes to eat with us and talk with us, commune with us. The Holy Spirit takes us deeper into the presence of God so that we could know God in a deeper way, in a more intimate way tonight. And the third thing that the Holy Spirit does, the third thing that the fire of God does is he marks us. Maybe if the worship team could come and join me. He marks us. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came and filled the believers, we see that they were marked with a sign that the Holy Spirit had come. And that sign was speaking in tongues. They began to speak in tongues, the Bible says, as the Spirit gave them the utterance. The Holy Spirit marked them with a mark to show that they had been in the presence of God and that they had received the fire of God. In the Old Testament as well, we have what's called the anointing oil. And the anointing oil was a sign of the, the marking of God. This anointing oil had a few rules around it. You couldn't copy the spices. You couldn't copy the ingredients that were put into the anointing oil to make up that fragrance. So it was this type of perfume oil that the world could not imitate, that the world could not copy. No one else had this signature fragrance, only the presence of God. And so that anointing oil was put on everything that was in the presence of God. It was put on the priest's garments. It was put on the different things that were inside that tabernacle, inside that temple. And so everywhere that those items went, every time the Israelites smelt that fragrance, every time they smelt that particular smell, they knew that whatever they were smelling had been in the presence of God. That anointing oil marked those people and marked those clothes and those garments because the world could not copy the anointing that only came from the presence. Do you know what? In the same way, when we get in the presence of God, when we get full of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, there is an anointing that comes upon you, a power that comes upon you that the world cannot imitate, that the world cannot copy, the world cannot imitate the peace that you carry into the world around us. The world cannot copy the joy that you have, that you take into to the world with you. The world cannot imitate the healings and the signs and the wonders and the miracles because it's only marked by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's only found. There are some things that are only found in the anointing of God, some things that are only found in the presence of God. Just to finish up here tonight, I want to share about Peter because Peter is the one who gets up on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, the chapter that we've been reading and talking about tonight. Peter is the one who gets up and speaks and declares to the people of God what God is doing. And it's interesting that it's Peter who gets up and preaches and, and declares the Word of God and sees 3,000 people saved on that one day because only a few days earlier and a few weeks earlier, Peter had had many opportunities to do what God had called him to do, to lead the church and to step out and articulate what God was doing and to preach to the people and to lead them into the things of God. But every time he had the opportunity to step into his calling, he missed it. He missed it. I don't know if anyone can relate tonight. You feel like in your own strength, you do not have what it takes to do what God has called you to do. Join the club. Peter was in this boat and Peter uh, calls out to Jesus and he says, Jesus, 
If you want me to come out and walk on the water with you, let me know. Jesus is like, yeah, sure, come, Peter. So Peter's like, okay, awesome. Starts walking on water and all of a sudden he falls into the water, sinks and Jesus picks him up. Another time Peter has an opportunity to lead the way. He has an opportunity to lead the church, to step into his calling and, and, and he's with Jesus. And Jesus says, I'm going to wash you, Peter. He says, I want to wash your feet. And Peter's like, no, Jesus, don't wash my feet. You will never wash my feet. He couldn't sense what God was doing. He couldn't lead the way. And so instead, Jesus is like, well, if I don't wash your feet, you'll have no part of me. And Peter's like, oh, I'm sorry, Jesus. Okay, you can wash my feet. You can wash my hair. Here's some shampoo for you, Jesus. You know, he's like, Jesus, wash me. There was another time that he had the opportunity to step up and 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 to, um, to proclaim Jesus in front of all of the people around him at the crucifixion of Jesus but he denied Jesus three times every single time he had the opportunity to lead the way to step into his calling to lead people into a knowledge of Jesus Christ every time he had the opportunity he missed it he messed it up why because we can't do it in our own strength we can't fulfill the plan and the purpose that God has for us in our own strength our own abilities but on the day of Pentecost when the fire of God came upon Peter we see that he becomes a different man all of a sudden he steps up to the platform. He takes the pulpit. He preaches the gospel. And 3,000 people in that one meeting give their lives to Jesus Christ. That is the power of the Holy Spirit tonight. The power of the Holy Spirit is here for me and for you. Not just to be preachers or worship leaders or pastors. The power of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is here to enable us to be better mothers and fathers and sons and daughters. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is here to make us better neighbours, to make us better people who can go and pray for the sick and see them healed, who, who can go and prophesy and see people encounter the love of Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit is here to equip us to do everything that God has called us us to do in 2023. So can we stand to our feet right now, church? I believe that God wants to come and encounter us in a fresh way tonight. We've made space. We've made room tonight. You've come out to a night service. You said, God, I want more of you. God, I want your anointing on my life. God, I want you. I want to be all that you've called me to be in 2023. And if that's you, if you're saying, I want a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. I want a fresh anointing tonight. I want to encounter God afresh tonight. Then we're going to ask the worship team to lead us in some worship. And we're going to ask you if you want a prayer, if you want uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit afresh, just join us at the altar tonight. We would love, myself and the pastors, the ministry team, we would love to pray for you, lay hands on you and believe that God is going to move in your heart and life in a powerful way tonight. So why don't you come if that's you, if you want to encounter the power of the Holy Spirit, come and we'll pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.